Hey, Action Shelf listeners, before we jump into the show itself, we want to tell you about how you can get even more action in your life. Mm. <laughs> that appeals to more you. Action, more action, you more say, More action, John. you say, yes. If you go over to our Podbean patron page, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup, you can listen to Lisman and I watch, what's this? Good action movies. Good action movies, you say? That's right, a change of pace. We thought behind the paywall, let's give people something of quality. So And give us something of quality. I know, it's such know? a pleasure to do that. So twice a month, you and I will be doing commentary tracks that you can download for uh, yes. good action movies, all kinds of awesome mm. stuff from a lot of our heroes like John Woo. And uh, we've done stuff from the John Wick franchise and Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the guys we never get to talk about on here. Yeah, so you, stuff we legitimately love and uh, love to share with with you you all. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can listen to that uh, as as well as other cool exclusive content from the Punch Up Entertainment Network shows. Uh, once again, the address for that is patron.podbean.com/slash/punchup. And now into the action. The action show. Welcome to The Action Shelf, the podcast celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we're actually in the same room, which we is are. a rare occurrence on this show. We yeah. watched the movie together and mm. we're recording together. Yeah, our lawyers allowed it to happen. Um, we get one of these every couple of years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's required. So. Uh, I'm kind of glad somebody was with me when I w watched this. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, it's an experience, I think. I'm choking on the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, this is us. We're kicking off a month of. I Chuck. see what you did there. No, <laughs> we're kicking off a month of Chuck Norris films. This yeah. is Norris November, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're starting out with the worst Chuck Norris movie we've watched, <laughs> which is yeah. 1979's A Force of One. Here's hoping that we're setting the bar low so yeah. that the rest of the month can blow this movie away. That's I'm choosing to be optimistic about it. Uh, I got to say, though, I do kind of love the, there, you know, if you go to the IMDb for it, there's different like video covers from foreign mm -hmm. markets. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I think I like the German title of this movie better, which Ooh. is... Der Bulldozer. <laughs> der Bulldozer. Chuck Norris is Der Bulldozer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they're just putting. I think they're just putting words on just, these movies. Yeah, they're just calling it. There's not a bulldozer in this. They don't. No, no one's called bulldozer. There is no bulldozer in no. it, and yet somehow, somehow he is Der Bulldozer. Der Bulldozer. Yeah. 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 
Chuck Norris, he der Bordeaux, ja. Uh, <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy, yeah. yeah. So, but this is our first foray into Chuck in the his seventies career. This is yeah. This is the early Chuck, often defined by his extremely blonde hair. His very, very blonde hair, and this is his mustachioed era as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the it's it's the mustached lip of Chuck Norris. Yeah, hair. I think the other because we've watched two Chuck Norris movies before this. It, I think. I think. Just two, yeah. Just was it two. was it just uh, Invasion, Invasion USA, USA and, and uh, Hellbound? Oh no, so three because we also watched um, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf McQuaid, yeah. All of which much much better than this. Movie. Yes, and that that's what I was going to say. Are, have, were all of those canon films? Uh, they were indeed. Okay, so they were that's. Indeed. See, that's... I think Canon knew how to package this guy. And also, Canon had... There was... It's interesting. People talk about Canon. You know, and objectively, sure, you can call it trash. But there was a higher quality of trash. It was... It's just... They understand how to make something entertaining. That's it, exactly. It's just... it doesn't have to be good to be entertaining. Um, no, no, yeah. th- they knew how to keep a movie moving. Yeah, how to, and this thing, oh boy, man, the pacing is in this a, movie is a nightmare. Well, in this thing, I yeah, because really. a lot of these movies go faster than you you'd think they would. They they travel at breakneck speeds. And but, we thought that was going to be the case here because this thing just started as soon as it, we hit play. Yeah. This thing just took off. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're following some kind of hip young skateboarder who's definitely not Chuck Norris's son. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Chuck Norris's son, I believe, is Michael Norris. Michael Norris. Uh, Michael Norris playing a skate, uh, pizza skateboarder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mike and then, Norris. And yeah. then Aaron Norris uh, helped with the choreography, if I remember. Yeah, and he was the stunt coordinator and one of the main stuntmen in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and Mike Norris goes on to do a bunch of his dad's movies as mm-hmm. well. Uh, other than this, he's also in the Octagon, Forced Vengeance. He plays young Chuck Norris in the Octagon. That makes sense. Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the, yeah. We start off with this. I will say for the good first couple minutes of the movie, you and I had no idea what was happening. Nope. Nope. And I'm not sure we ever really were that clear on what was. I happening. I don't think we ever found out what was happening. <laughs> I'm not sure the characters of the movie... I mean, there are key things the characters of the movie never figure out. Yes. Which is so bad, so unacceptably so bad. Many, so many things. Let's talk about who's responsible for this movie. Yes, right? yes, let's. Uh, this comes to us from director Paul Aaron. Okay, okay. Uh, who also gave us movies like... Uh, what else did he direct? Force of One, a TV version of The Miracle Worker. That tracks... Deadly Force. Oh, this is one that's upcoming, I think. We are going to do another one of his movies. Oof. Um, Deadly Force. Not much is the answer, mm-hmm. but I will say. And this is the director. This correct? is the director, Paul Aaron. But okay. there is a very interesting factoid about him mm. and this movie, mm. which is his stepson was the one who really convinced him to do this, saying, I love martial arts movies, Mm -hmm. and you really need to do this. Mm. And his stepson's name is Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Young Keanu Reeves was the stepson of this director and said, you've got to do a martial arts movie. Martial arts movies are the best. 
everything makes sense now, John. <laughs> it's all come full mm-hmm. circle. So much so that apparently, I didn't catch this, but if you look in the scene where they have the evidence boxes, there is one that says K. Reeves. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty cool, actually. That is actually really cool trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps the directing isn't... I'm not saying it's well-directed, but... I mean... It's as, not. I mean, it's 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 as it's always. Pacing. The script is the problem, so. and that's the interesting thing about this. The script is credited to Ernest Tideman, who is the creator of the character of John Shaft, uh-huh. um, and also wrote. I mean, this guy, you know, a, a legendary crime writer of this era, mm-hmm. also wrote The French Connection, one of mm-hmm. the best police movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Wrote Clint Eastwood's High Plains Drifter. So then, like, what happened? I, what is know, this? I don't know. I mean, who knows what he wrote versus what they shot versus what kind of budget they were dealing with? You yeah, know? versus There's that what kind was, of how it was edited. Because you look yeah. at the other stuff he wrote, it's pretty good. He, yeah, he not only wrote the novel Shaft, but also adapted it himself for yeah. the uh, and wrote the sequel Shaft's Big Score. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, I mean, High Plains Drifter. That's a great Clint movie. Mm-hmm. French Connection won Best Picture. You know, uh, so, then I. I this this is baffling, John, because it, it's so often it's like, well, this person wrote this script and nothing else ever again. Here we and have like, a yeah, that makes sense. Very well respected, specifically crime writer and mm-hmm. and a great western as well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking to see if I can find anything um I just, about I, this. Like not knowing why something is this bad is baffling to me. You know, like oh. Okay, here's an interesting... Uh, despite working with the screenplay by Oscar-winning writer Ernest Tideman, director Paul Norris rewrote it extensively to, quote, fit Chuck more. Uh, okay. So there was... Pro- what it probably was was a crime movie that Ernest Tideman wrote, and then they reworked it to be a Chuck Norris okay. movie. Okay. Uh, very sad. Ernest Tideman died right after this was made. That's too. really sad. Yeah. Does Keanu uh, feel guilty about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do like they talk about the director Aaron was familiar with kung fu movies having taken his kung fu obsessed stepson to see several of Bruce Lee's films. So, so, I mean, while this movie, this terror movie is happening, quietly in the background, one of our great martial arts stars <laughs> is just burgeoning, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's being inspired uh, yeah. for what will eventually become, you know, John Wick. You know? Yeah, movies. He, he will make way better martial arts movies than yes, this. Yes. Um, some of the best. I mean, The Matrix, John Wick. Mm-hmm. These are some of the, my favorite movies with martial arts. Yes, in them. I mean, yes. my God. Yeah. And certainly a guy we know is still Kung Fu obsessed to this mm-hmm. day. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's no question. Um, so, yeah, a, a weird movie. Also, uh, somebody else was supposed to direct it, and, mm-hmm. and Paul Aaron came in at the last minute. So I think there were a lot of production problems here. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. does seem to be the case. Yeah. Um, so uh, we should also mention that the 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 villain of this movie is played by Bill Superfoot Wallace. Okay, who was a very well respected martial artist. Yeah, and also the bodyguard of John Belushi. He was actually the one who discovered John Belushi dead after his overdose. Oh, yeah. Okay, kind of a dark chapter there. But uh, yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, so the it's 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 yeah. I have nothing against him or Chuck Norris. I don't think this is any either their fault no, or anything no. with the fighting or anything like that. It's just the the this is one of the worst scripts. I yes. mean, Paul Aaron maybe should have left the script alone because good lord, 
Yeah, yeah. There's not because we were talking uh, while the movie was going that this does feel like there's two movies in this movie yeah. competing for screen time. You, here. I wonder if it was just the drug stuff in Tidem and, and th- he didn't have any be, of the right? march. Well, because yeah. especially they talk about to fit Chuck more. I'm guessing because it is sort of feel like a police procedural kind of collides yes. with a martial arts movie. Yes, and both are made worse by that. Yes, definitely. Because it doesn't yeah. work as either. No, no. I mean, I'm not saying the the movie would have been brilliantly paced without all of the Chuck Norris stuff, but like. Yeah, neither <laughs> works here, and I, I, I think what you, think what you mentioned while we were watching it, which was interest, would have been interesting, is if he was the first witness. Yeah, he's brought in immediately, so they shorten up the beginning. Like two cops are murdered, and then they immediately go to Chuck Norris and be like, "You're the prime suspect." Yeah, they rule him out, and then. And then he, maybe he figures something out and then they're like, oh, well, maybe there's something here, you know, like we'll bring in somebody to sort of help with the specific case. He's already shown some aptitude. Yeah. In this kind Ditch of thing. all the stuff about him teaching the cops karate because none of that ever comes back. No, anyway, no cop does karate in this movie. Nope. Not at all. Not so, at all. So what is the point of any of that? I don't know. I mean, the, the, I, I truly have, have, have been rarely this baffled by a plot in a yeah. film where you're just going, I don't understand any decision being made in the I don't script. Know. I don't know. And at full, all. full scenes in this movie do nothing. They, oh, it's they, insane. They move nothing forward, neither story well, nor character. The, I mean, we, the, the, the karate class scene is so long. Yes. And there's multiple scenes in that karate studio. Well, because yeah, we also get we get two separate scenes of him teaching kids. Yes, that never comes back in any way whatsoever. Yes, we also get the same shot of him punching that punching bag thing, the speed bag. Although that is one of the funniest scenes in the movie when he's remembering how much he hates drugs (laughs) and using it to punch his. Well, it was so funny they had to bring it back another hour later into the film. So what's interesting when we were watching this, you said early on when they're doing all the because it starts with cops on Mm -hmm. the trail of drugs and Mm -hmm. I mean the movie the whatever plot is here is it's just cops looking for drugs yes some of them were killed by a karate expert yes who then is in a fight with chuck norris at the end of the movie due to convenient circumstances that have nothing to do they with would the have plot. fought anyways yeah it, like that so and i i'm, I'm realizing now to, so that fighter works for the sports supply yeah because the store. whole the, the the villains thing in this movie is they're running drugs out of a sporting goods store. Okay, 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 okay. That's the that's the that's what the bad guys are up to. Okay. And we I don't know if this is how they're always doing it, but the initial thing we see at the beginning here when these cops bust into the sporting goods store is they open up like a down vest mm-hmm. and there's just a bag of cocaine in it. Right. They immediately find it. So um, is it like is the idea that people are coming in uh, buying... and pretending to buy sporting goods when, and that's how they're I, I mean, think that's so not, that's not the worst plan in the world for this stuff but it does bring up an interesting point which is how did they know that the drugs were there without any unclear. other police officer knowing about it you know what unclear I mean? yeah because like you don't just wander into a sports supply store, rip open vests, and no. immediately find drugs. In fact, the cops never really put together that this is where the drugs No. Are. The other thing that's pretty wild is they're also making the drugs on site. That is pretty... That's... Yeah. Not, like, that's nonsensical. Not, yeah, that's just crazy. Because yeah. that's... 
that's putting way too much evidence in one place. Yes, like, yes. That's just bad. These are this is this is a movie full of both bad cops and bad criminals. Yes. Everyone is bad at their job. This, this might movie. be the worst police work we've seen in a movie. I think it'd be tough to beat unless I'm forgetting something. But really, I, I, I yeah. can't think of much worse than what the cops and this are doing. Yeah. But what's great is they have to be terrible cops because these drug dealers are so bad at being drug dealers. Exactly. That they would be caught by anyone of remote competence. Yes. Yes. Uh, my God, I just can't. This movie, man, is ins- There's also... This is a 90-minute movie, and there are way too many characters in mm-hmm. it. Yes, To yes. the point where you can't... Oh, what you were saying, though, about... When we were saying at the beginning of the movie is... On that point, you were saying, Oh, what are we... Are they kind of waiting to reveal Chuck? And it yeah. did seem like that, except for... What we didn't realize was Chuck will just disappear for large swaths yes, of this movie. Yes, he's almost not in this movie. He does not get first billing on this movie, which I think is interesting. Which makes sense. He has he does not have nearly as much screen it, time as the other. Main Jennifer character. O'Neill, who plays the female cop in this, gets the first billing uh, on the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. and she would. I mean, I guess she would have been more of a name at the time too. Yeah. Because yeah. she'd been in a lot of movies already at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she would go on to be in one of my favorites, David Cronenberg's Scanners. I mean, she's a real actress. Yes. But, I mean, she'd been in some John Wayne movies before this. She'd done some romance kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She wasn't known for these type of movies, maybe. Right, but, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think... I don't know if she's... She's not bad in this by any means, but her character is nothing. Yeah, exactly. I It's too difficult to judge her performance because the script gives her nothing to work with. Yeah, so, but it's interesting yeah. that she's the name they get in this, where it's like, yeah. well, we got Chuck Norris, who's a karate guy. Yeah. Let's put him with, like, a bigger name actress. Because it's like what you were saying before we watched the movie. Is this is the era... Where they, where they have to advertise Chuck as being a karate expert. The world karate champion right, or whatever exactly. like that. We're still pretty early in his career. Yeah. Th- and they're just kind of... I mean, that's the other thing, too, is they're just kind of jamming Chuck into things. Yes. And yes. this movie really feels like that. We oh, took yeah. this script and we just went, what if we put Chuck in it? It is a shame because when we heard about the... Uh, when we heard about the plot of this, like the basic pitch of this movie... We were very excited about it. It was it, a yeah. It sounded it sounds nuts. great. It sounds honestly, Tiger Claws does this movie better than this movie does. It does. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, because it's a similar plot in that, and that movie just goes for the insanity. Yeah. Looking at Chuck's career, so he's been in, you know, Way of the Dragon, where he's a side villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you know he so, but this is his third movie as lead he's coming off of Breaker Breaker mm. and Good Guys Were Black in 77 and 78 than this and that's still early I think the Octagon is kind of a big one for mm-hmm. him after that mm-hmm. Eye for an Eye Silent Rage which I would never you t- the, this Silent Rage makes this movie look lightning paced oh really Silent Rage I think is incredibly boring Oof. Forced Vengeance which we've talked about doing mm-hmm. uh, and then Lone Wolf Lone Wolf McQuaid is really the big coming out like Chuck's a movie star now. what's his first canon film uh, I think that's Lone Wolf okay gotcha and that, that makes sense because that movie is fun. That movie was a lot of fun to well, watch. And then, and then right after that, he goes into the Missing in Action films, which is his big franchise for yeah, Canon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's three of those, which we'll get to at some point. Mm. 
Uh, and then you get Code of Silence, Invasion USA, Delta Force, next week's movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not Delta Force, but we'll talk about what next week's movie is. Is a very much a canon. I think the rest of this month is canon. Movie, oh, that's so. good. Yeah, I thought. I think we we just. I, I wanted to dip back to of this. course. No, it's good that we did honestly for just to be thorough. Yeah, you know. But I think uh, I'm gonna think twice before going back with blonde mustachio. Sure, yeah. Chuck Norris again because. These are, and it's interesting that people do have like nostalgia for these for this era of Chuck, mm-hmm. but they don't hold up much in the same way. I think a lot of stuff from this era doesn't hold up. Yeah, is you kind of realize like you remember the highlights, and then you're like, oh wait, it's kind of boring. Though. Yeah, yeah. This is before. Yeah, it's just something about the '80s and canon in particular that just really streamlines the. Pre- it's like people cut away all the pretense of it being like. <laughs> Like a thrilling story, you know well, what I mean? I think, yeah, that's an interesting thing about this movie. I think where this movie really fails is it trying to be like a real film. Like, right? a, yeah, exactly. Because I, I can see where it's trying to do. It's interesting that it's Ernest Tideman, because I can see where it's trying to do French Connection mm-hmm. or Dirty Harry mm-hmm. or Bullet or movies that were like gritty urban cop movies. Yeah. But those movies weren't also trying to be karate movies, and mm-hmm. those movies did some level of research into like i mean i just think like there's no sense that i'm just you just throughout this whole movie you just going well cops wouldn't do that yeah they would never do that right that's exactly. insane exactly this is crazy yeah uh and they do throw some interesting actors in this movie uh i want to talk about clue guliger who i actually think <laughs> such a good name he comes the closest to playing a real character in this yeah, movie. yeah yeah and a He's lot the of the police chief right yeah, yeah and a lot of that just comes from his performance i think he at least and he's an actor who's, I mean, he had, he was in 165 credits Jesus during his career. And he just died last year, yeah. or earlier this year, just a couple months ago. Oh, wow. At 93. I mean, this guy was a legend. Yeah. Um, and worked literally, like, pretty much almost till the day he died, basically. Mm. But he goes back to the 50s, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I do think he, it's a nothing part, but he at least injects personality. It feels like there is some thought to a character even if that character is nothing on the page yeah there is nothing on the page but he is sort of like he seems very put upon you know in this movie he's like uh, exasperated by like there's nothing we can do sorry you know it's a lot of that kind of stuff yeah actually one of his last no surprise here he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for Tarantino oh that he was the guy in the bookstore that sells uh Sharon Tate that book if anybody mm. remembers that scene before she goes over to the theater mm-hmm. so but once again he's totally a guy that Tarantino would love you yeah know? yes a lot of westerns and stuff like that so and I, yeah he's the only one where I'm like uh, oh I actually liked when he was on screen because at least he was giving it something mm-hmm. you also have Ron O'Neill who ends up being the spoiler alert crooked cop who is probably best known as being Superfly mm. the the sort of other black exploitation franchise that wasn't shaft mm-hmm. which i think is interesting you have here the the writer of shaft and the guy who was the star of kind of the other shaft yeah movie. i wonder yeah that is interesting yeah i don't know if there is like a, a, a an actual thread that connects these two but uh, yeah uh, uh and he you know but he's a character actor who's yeah. in a million things as well yeah and once again i don't know if he's good or bad in this He's not enough of a character to tell. In, I can't say that anyone... Well, that's not true. At least of the main cast. I can't say any of them are bad actors, per yeah, se. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was an interesting character because he was not the killer. Mm-hmm. And he was... So it's like, what... what 
role is he filling here for like for yeah the, for the narrative you know like what why does there need to be a corrupt cop part yeah, of the conspiracy I don't quite, yeah that's sort of an interesting thing i don't yeah it's it's just like oh and and also that it should have just been one thing yeah instead it's like there's an evil karate guy and an evil cop yes so maybe he was supposed to be the original villain of the original script that might have been a fair point there yeah. was just a crooked cop who was yeah. going to be the reveal right exactly um, and yeah. then there's uh, Eric Lanaville, uh, who plays uh, Chuck's son, in quotes, in the movie. <laughs> but this guy also is a real actor, and he went on to be on the TV show St. Elsewhere with Denzel Washington. What? How old is How old is he? In this movie? In this movie, yeah. He's uh, 27. He's 27? Okay. <laughs> and how old is Chuck in this movie? Oh, uh, that's a good question, because I think, I mean, that's one of the things... All right, I'm glad we actually looked that up because the whole movie we were going, I think his son is the same age as him. Chuck's going to be older, yeah, but he's older. still a full-grown but adult, like, that y- guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Chuck is 39 in this movie. So about, a t- like, about 10 years. Yeah, difference. 12 years older. So that's, but, that's, that is, you even said, like, kind of like a sibling dynamic yeah, would have yeah. made more sense than Chuck. Chuck Norris but, but adopting this adult even, man. But the thing about it, even if the even if he was fifteen and Chuck was twenty seven, that would be a major difference. Then yes, this is an adult this is man because he's on Saint Elsewhere not long after this. Yeah. This guy's this guy goes on to play a doctor just a couple years later. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's when did when did that start? Um, and now actually, he looking at his career, he is a. Uh, constantly working tv director now oh cool uh, and has been for years he Good started directing on saint elsewhere mm. which, and then has continued directing he directs a ton of show yeah uh just three years later he's playing a doctor on saint elsewhere and he was in all 128 episodes of that so like this movie was just short of of them living in the same house you know what i mean yeah and and chuck norris tucking him in at night you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i mean they really it was, we- it was it was weird the, it- the character is written very young yes but played by a man the second you see him is like that's an adult man that is an adult man <laughs> yeah with Who- a they could have shaved the mustache i mean i realize <laughs> this it's very indicative of the time but yeah, like nobody ever said shave the mustache in the 70s <laughs> but, but I, if you're trying to play a child i, know, I would say maybe shave that mustache because when you have this 27 year old guy going gee dad i don't know about <laughs> are you kidding me it's very very weird i think this guy's older than denzel who was on saint elsewhere i think he was a more experienced doctor on that I show think, i think you're right yeah, yeah it just that's crazy crazy oh he ended up directing a lot of lost oh interesting and and like i said a million other you know ncis's Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff so yeah he's still working in the industry which is great he seems like good yeah i mean i have awesome it this is nobody could have been good in this part because you're you're an adult playing a child it doesn't work no yeah I would say this is where he got his start, but he was probably acting for 15 years before he was in this movie. I think I don't think this is a first credit at all for him if I don't remember. Uh, let's see, was this? No, he's <laughs> he's been acting for 11 years yeah. at this point. <laughs> oh, he's in the Omega Man with uh, with uh, Charlton Heston. Interesting, and that was eight years before this. <laughs> Where so he anyways, was nineteen, you know. So, so, anyways, he's playing a child in this. So, movie. just keep in mind that is 
the, it, it's, there is an adult man it's playing never a not i think we were laughing every time he was in the movie <laughs> but, well i guess they don't specify his age so maybe i don't but he's supposed to be a teenager, i mean obviously I think, yeah, right yeah. like uh, the, the gee dad uh but it's like he's 20 even if you had gotten a 22 year old it would have helped yeah. 27 he's, uh, he's playing at least 10 years younger yeah and he does he looks 27 he looks 27 yeah he does not look 16 no, it's insane yeah. that and i also you could have cut all of it. He doesn't matter at all. No. Even his murder doesn't come back around. Ultimately. No, Chuck never finds out who kills his son. <laughs> so literally, in this movie, we're all over the place because this movie has no plot There's to There's no plot it. to go through. So yeah. literally, in the movie, Chuck Norris's son is killed by the karate killer. Yes. And we were calling him that. Then when Chuck started calling the guy a karate killer, mm. really, mm-hmm. he's killed by the karate killer. Mm-hmm. Chuck goes to the morgue to identify his son's body and goes... Whoever did this is as good as dead. And you're like, great, this is classic. Yes. It happens too late in the movie, as we said. Yeah, I think there's about <laughs> 25 minutes left in the film. Something like that. Happens, yeah. when he, so you're like, okay, great, he's sworn vengeance. Yeah. Then he ends up fighting and killing the guy who killed his son without, without ever, ever knowing that it was actually that. Which he killed him for crazy. other unrelated reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted the movie to end with, now I just need to go find who killed my son. Chuck, it was him. Oh, great. Well, that's a freebie. Oh, oh. <laughs> thank God. Yeah, two birds with one stone, am I right? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, that... instead, the movie ends way weirder. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't he find out who that is? Man, I mean, it feels like whatever Paul Aaron added to make this fit Chuck yeah. was added very quickly and without much thought. At least, so I think he came on maybe a week before production started. Uh, this is just a guess. Uh, I think you're not far off, though, because like I said, he came in last minute to fill in for somebody else. Last minute and completely changed the script. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So those two ideas, that's the reason why the two ideas feel so, like separate is because they are separate he just very haphazardly lop lopped in these like weird little scenes with chuck norris film critics at the time lambasted the picture nicknaming it a farce of one (laughs) that's very film critics yeah it is yeah uh yeah wait can you say that again but as dennis miller (laughs) that's more likely to be called a farce of one babe and <laughs> cha cha oh cha cha for Chucky boy. <laughs> I'm imagining every film critic sounds like Dennis Miller. Now, I so. mean that when you use that term, yeah, 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 we got a new movie out. It's called Might as Well Be Called a Farce of One. Am I right? Babe? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, this was supposed to be directed by Ted Post. Mm. Uh, who is a name we know for what reason that name sounds familiar to me because ah yes he directed Magnum Force mm. maybe the best Dirty Harry movie it I, is it is arguable yeah, yeah people have made that argument yeah I think it I think it's my favorite it's it's hard for me to pick between that and the first one the first two are great he yeah. was and we were making jokes about Columbo he was a Columbo director that, as well yeah, yeah and he had just done Good Guys Wear Black with chuck okay okay so uh yeah he i think he might have done done, better work than this yeah i think he might have done better with this movie too he he goes back to being a twilight zone director Mm, mm. but i think he he might have i mean once again is the movie poorly directed or is it poorly written 
it's not it's not like super well directed, but I don't know that that's where it falls apart. No, no, it looks yeah, I know it looks like a movie for the most part. You know? Yeah, it's it's I mean it's interesting where it doesn't work. Um, oh God, of course the story comes from a guy who's all of his work. This is his only writing credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a uh, ninth degree black belt under Chuck Norris, and is a stunt coordinator on a ton of stuff. I know him and because he he's wrote. The script? He, the story. The story, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I know him because he's the referee in The Karate Kid. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, and did the stunt coordination on those movies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He's mm-hmm. a fight choreographer and obviously friend of Chuck's. So he might have also been a guy who got brought in to chuck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's chuck this thing up, folks. But let's talk about... Yeah, I don't... Oh, man, I don't even know... Where, I don't even know how to discuss this movie. I can't tell you. It's really... It's very strange. It, it it is a bunch of police officers sitting around waiting for the opportunity to actually investigate murders and because then, they don't ever they don't ever actually start an investigation. Chuck the, Norris. Does. <laughs> the biggest thing they figure out is that the drug dealers are using kids on skateboards yes. to move the drugs. Which, again, you you might be wondering, well, what does skateboarding have to do with martial arts? And that's an excellent question. <laughs> they don't have anything to do with each other. Again, they're from two separate <laughs> two ste- separate stories that are The movie together. has no thought on that either. No, um, no. Yeah, I don't know. It does feel like maybe the skateboarding was a bigger part of the Tiedemann draft. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made sense because if it's like Southern California in the 70s, skateboarding's a big thing. Yes. So maybe that was part of the plot. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe we'll have to talk about Gleaming the Cube at some point on this show, which is the Christian Slater skateboarding action movie of the 80s. Yeah, I think we need, <laughs> I think we need to bring, the, bring that movie Were there skateboarders who get mixed up in a murder uh, yes. investigation? Yeah, yeah, as long as there's a skateboarding chase scene. That's I'm really pretty sure okay. that's most of what that movie Excellent. is, if I'm not mistaken. Is it like that one uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, but instead of bikes, skateboarding? I think a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish I could remember that. A young skateboarder uncovers a government conspiracy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, excellent. Yeah, I think that's... And and that's more of a movie, and that... is this is this canon? It, it sure sounds seems, pretty radical. It seems it seems like a canon movie, but I know it's not. But it's in that vein. Yeah, I remember seeing that when I was a kid because mm. it was very much aimed at like it's yeah you're right it's radical and yeah. I was a big tubular. I was a big Christian Slater fan. Tony Hawk is a character in it, of course. Oh, Jesus, okay, okay. One of his only acting. Room. Anyway, yeah, stay tuned for that, folks. We'll yeah. definitely talk about Gleaming the Cube at some point. <laughs> gleaming the cube what does that even mean i think it's a skateboarding term okay i love that oh i love that wikipedia describes this as an american neo-noir that's that's generous <laughs> that is generous sir yeah with some some moody sax music the title the of the film refers to the cryptic cryptic question have you ever gleamed inside a cube hmm. okay uh christian slayer's character defines gleaming the cube as pushing your limits to the edge okay well, I'm glad several people had to explain what the title meant. <laughs> yeah, that's why it made... Uh, oh, yeah, $2.7 million. Okay. On a, on a $10 million budget. So. Do, does this does this movie have a budget? Do you have a budget I, for this I movie? I don't have a budget for mm. this movie. 
it's this seems like uh, it's not the cheapest movie. No, we've it ever feels seen. like a lot of martial arts movies of this time where it's like mm. middle, medium, medium yeah. to low, like lower medium for budget, the 70s, right? like what, maybe like five million. Is that too high? I'm yeah, so I mean, it feels it. like it probably has about the same budget as like Bruce Lee's movies, right? Or, yeah, they like said like a like lot maybe of the a little bit more martial arts movies, you know. Mm. I mean, like because you know, they've got decent cameras. They've yeah. got some real actors in it, yeah. But it's not. This is not a studio picture no, by no, any stretch no, of the imagination. Not. This yeah. is a, you know, sort almost a grindhouse kind of movie. Yeah. Really, yeah, I can see that. It's in that. It's in that vein. I bet Quentin Tarantino has a lot to say about this movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I still, I still am drawn to Good Guys Wear Black. That one might burn us too, but it might. I'm still interested in uh, in that. I just love that he plays John T. Booker. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and and the movie poster is great because his license plate says Booker. It does, yeah. yeah. And and the, and it asks us why is everyone trying to kill this man? And you know, John, I'm curious. Why is everyone trying to kill this man? Yeah, we might talk about that. Yeah. I'm, I I don't think it's going to be a whole lot better than this. Probably but, not. Yeah. Uh. But well, we'll venture. We'll get back there. You know, we we'll take us some time and then we'll come back. Mm-hmm. We'll forget how bad this was and then go. Give it another shot. I feel like we do that a lot on the show. We do. That's why haven't, we keep watching Seagal. Yes. <laughs> haven't done that for Don the Dragon Wilson yet. Because we got it's burned coming. so hard. But yeah. I still think it's like next year, though, that we're talking yeah. about Don the Dragon oh, yeah, Wilson again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just want to see what are we. I mean, so, Chuck, okay, we got to talk about Chuck as a competitive kickboxer in the Sure. Because that's yeah. really what his main thing is. Yes. That's the weirdest thing. That's. I mean, there's so many weird things. But that is one of the weirdest things about this movie is that. There's a, a killer. There's a karate ki- But even the karate killer is weird because he's not a serial killer. He's only killing people who stumble onto the drug operation. Yes. But the movie... And so that takes away from some of the the propulsion of the plot, right? Because yes. if, if the movie would be a lot better, lose the drug stuff altogether and mm-hmm. just make it, there's a madman using karate to kill people. Yeah. Kind of like, like Tiger, Tiger Claws. Claws. Yeah. yeah. Tiger Claws also had the cool thing of he's killing other martial arts masters. Yes. Tiger Claws, Tiger Claws is now way better it's, when you compare it to this movie. Yeah. It it does this concept it, so much better. Well, because it, it has internal logic even if it's insane Mm -hmm. on a moment-to-moment basis i know what is leading from one scene to the other Mm -hmm. it has a clear villain who is focused on the specific goal yes and it doesn't get bogged down and there's like the fact that the movie focuses an entire squad of cops yes huge mistake yes unless it was literally about a team of cops and they're they well, are the main then characters. you'd have to remove the chuck norris lose content. the chuck stuff right. and it's just about these five cops have to do you yes. know yes but it's because and they're two getting scripts killed. were spliced together essentially well i mean one is glean you can kind on, of but yeah. you can kind of actually see a movie where it's like a squad of six cops and they start getting killed one by one yes you know and that could be and that would be more of a thriller you know, yeah that yeah sense. that would be something yeah in fact that actually is the plot of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie called Sabotage but, well, there, you um, there you go yeah. yeah where his DEA team is getting knocked off but no matter one. what the kickboxing matches would be taken out right well because like, that's that's what I'm saying so you have this plot where there's a guy using karate to kill people mm-hmm. in defense of a weird drug empire that mm-hmm. is vaguely defined mm-hmm. that's, and then that's run out of a jan sport yeah <laughs> and then also it's it's run out of a dicks you know? <laughs> yeah dick sporting goods an rei yeah <laughs> i never i'll never look at rei the same way again after this 
But then also we have this other like Rocky-esque plot where yes. Chuck is trying to win the championship of kickboxing. Yes. And I'm going, why would I ever... It'd be one thing to just introduce him as a professional kickboxer. Yes. Kick, which it, I thought that's what they were that's doing. That's what I thought too, yeah. It's just like, oh, he does that competitively. Mm-hmm. This is it's where a, they find him. Yeah. It's a good way to show off his skills early in right, the movie. Exactly. And once again, in our version of the plot where they suspect it's him, mm-hmm. they could be at that match going, look at his skills. This wow. could be our guy. Yeah, he could have He could have killed them. Yeah. yeah. Who's the best kickboxer in the area? It's that that might be our guy. It's that. There you go. There's... There was, I'm just like, man, you couldn't have done just one more draft, and they might have been able to fuse this together better. But I, again, I think I think the real villain here is time. They just <laughs> didn't have enough of it, and I just can't imagine this movie was anyone's priority. No, and no, Chuck's no. certainly not in a position to to, yeah. to be like, hey, wait a minute, get me some better material. I mean, he's just glad that they brought in part of his team to like, you know, chuck up the yeah. movie. Well, exactly. I think that's the thing. And also, apparently, once again, it's mentioned here that Keanu Reeves said right. Chuck Norris was awesome and his dad his dad should work with him. You know? <laughs> I just, that guy rules. Because he was going, well, I don't know. This guy's nobody. And once again, martial arts obsessed, young mm. Keanu Reeves. Let's see how young Keanu was at this time. Um, this is 79. Was like, no, Dad, that guy rules. Turns out he was uh, 32. <laughs> he's uh he's 15 okay. when this comes out gotcha. so that's about that's, that's about, about right I thought. yeah 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 um by the way get chuck in a john wick movie now we're yeah talking. that'd be great that would be good yeah man we're getting everybody in those things so why not yeah uh, we got scott adkins we yeah. got D- donnie yen scott adkins donnie yen uh hiroyuki sonata's in the mm. new one too love that guy mm. oh man i can't wait for chapter four yeah it's gonna be good <laughs> we want to talk about anything, anything about, this. about this movie well there's just not, it's, it's so insane so yeah so he's and we start on the law, and the, the kickboxing scenes are long. There's they're way too long, and there's more than is there two or is there three? I think there's just two actual okay. like matches actual in the ring. Actual matches, okay, okay. And they're very real. Yes. So there's lots of people not kicking each other, yes. just kicking at each other. So think about like how exciting Rocky movies are. Yeah. Now take out all of the exciting bits and just do them. <laughs> Uh, like hopping up and down you know well it's the same thing uh uh it's the same thing with uh you know i love boxing movies Mm -hmm. right but anytime i tried to watch real boxing i'm like this is pretty boring right but i love boxing in movies it's great they make it so exciting yes but you (laughs) you can't present it as real because you realize how much of the time in boxing they're not hitting each other especially when one of them is part of the climax you know what i mean yeah which that climax is so bad because <laughs> it, it takes place over three sequences. It, there's the, the fighting r- match in the ring. Then there's the car chase. Mm-hmm. And then there's the fist fight in the middle of the woods. Yeah, which on paper seems like, wow, like a big three-part climax. No. no they're all boring. They Honestly, if they if they were in any order, it would make just as much sense as, as the order that was in the movie. <laughs> I would have loved in reverse where they start out in the <laughs> desert and then make their way to a ring. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that actually would have been more, because we would have been like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah. But no, it, I mean, that's it exactly. It's just so... 
the movie just isn't really interested. And, and even all the characters are pretty nonplussed. No. We kept talking about the fact that no one is that alarmed by this killer. By four <laughs> deaths in the poli- in the same police department. You That would be national news. Yes. It would be, uh, we're calling everyone in. It mm-hmm. is a hunt of epic proportions to yes. bring in this guy. Yes. And instead, everybody's like, mm, we should keep falling off on those skateboard leads. Now, people keep dying when they're going to investigate this REI, so I guess we'll just leave it alone. <laughs> well, the best is when the when the cop, when cop two of the cops get there and crooked Ron O'Neill is like, no, no, I didn't look around, it's clean. And they're just like, okay. All right. Well. <laughs> but- also, we something the movie brings up which is insane and then also doesn't matter mm. is how they're making the how they're getting the drugs right right because they are they're, they're melting cocaine into candle wax yes then melting the wax to get the drugs out mm-hmm. i don't think that would work i don't think so but can i ask you a question Jim? yeah why is the wax red <laughs> that the best line in this movie <laughs> Is a scene where it's 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 Jennifer O'Neill and yeah. one of the other cops. The with one uh, of the mini, yeah. It's Frosty the Snowman tie guy. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know which one he is. It mm. doesn't. I think he's Moskowitz. I can't. Who, who could, cares? Who could care? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're just sitting around, and she's going, "Well, wait a minute. That seems like what if they're melting down?" And by the way, this is the second time we already had two cops figure this out, but yes. then get killed. Yes. So now we're watching two more cops it's figure out so things. Boring. We, I couldn't it's believe so this. So boring. And I love a good like procedural detective thing. I mean, I. But I, usually the audience is figuring it out with the main character. Like, it, well, we're t- we were talking about this feeling like a '70s TV show, and you're mm. going like, "Yeah, but like, yeah, you follow Columbo, McCloud, Hunter, whatever, Starsky and Hutch." They generally figure things out on a beat-to-beat basis and then get the killer or drug dealer. Well, oftentimes they'll even figure it out before the audience does. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's often the thing on Columbo is not only will he tell you who did it, he then backtracks to how he figured it out. exactly. I mean, it's very Sherlock Holmes in that way, right? Yeah, but the worst option you can go with is the audience knows exactly what's happening and how they're doing it and why they're doing it but the main characters are like but i just can't figure this the, out the funniest part of this is the other cop going but wait why is the wax red yes and that there is no answer there's no answer that doesn't open up a new clue nope the scene ends, I believe, immediately after And that. I, we could not stop laughing after yeah. he said that because it was so, so silly. Yeah. And yeah. also, the premise that we love so much was the idea that the police bring in a karate expert to catch a karate killer. Mm-hmm. And that's not even really the... They never really fully bring Chuck in. It's because they're never really fully investigating the murders of four cops. It's so wild. They're just like, we have nothing to go on, so we can't even... Like, there's at least three different scenes with the police chief of him being like, I understand you want to investigate these murders, but we just don't have enough to go on. <laughs> like, she- once again, it, it, I don't think you realize like if a cop gets killed, yeah. it's like open season. They're yeah. like, whatever resources. you Oh need, yeah. Yeah. We will not rest until yes. we find who did this. Yeah. It's a big deal. If a co- cops don't really get like straight up, mur- especially like murdered. Like, yeah. This. Murdered, We're not murdered. talking about a, a gunfight exchange with a suspect no. and a cop gets hit. We're talking about, they've been murdered. They've, Pose the yeah, bodies propped to be, up. Yeah, this would be yeah. like I said. It would be like there. Is, no stone will go unturned 
until these people are brought to justice. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. This movie doesn't really do the thing of, like, really showing you the consequences or, like, the <laughs> scope of these kinds of things happening. The other thing is most criminal organizations don't murder cops because they don't want that they kind don't of want attention. That attention exactly. You don't often hear about, well, ever since the mafia slit the throat of those three cops. No, that doesn't happen. No. Because that really brings down unnecessary... Well, you try not to kill people, period, because yes. it brings... Murder's a big deal. Yeah. Not in this movie. It's just another like, oh god, they dropped another couple of us. You look at like, uh, you look at cults, you know. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, when they're brought down, it's because they go a little too far and they start to do something violent. Look at Jonestown. Jonestown. Jonestown's one of the yeah, best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Waco to a certain extent. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, so it is. I mean, yeah, that is the thing, because most people kind of don't care if people are just being weird over there. Yes, But as soon as it's like, yeah, but then they shot a guy. Yeah, as soon as they start poisoning salad bars, you're just like... Oh, well, that's one of the best ever. It's just like, yeah, you don't come back from that. No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) That, yeah, no, exactly. It's always, I mean, much like canon films, when you get too big for your britches, that's when the feds come in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so it is. Uh, oh man, this movie. So, so it, according to this movie, none of the police officers ever communicate with each other. So, no. like, you don't know why <laughs> in the beginning of the movie the cops go into the sporting goods store. No, nobody's ever like, I, hey, hey let, let me radio in. We've got a lead. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be checking this out. Yes. And you know why you do that? So if you get killed, they know. Like, oh my god, it, yeah. there's a. They all the cops check in with each other for safety more than anything, really. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so nobody knows. Nobody keeps notes that could be found. No, no, no. There's nothing, and and multiple. So both scenes are uh, uh, the murders happen in the same store because nobody is communicating with each other. Like, hey, some weird activity's been happening at the store. I'm gonna go check it out. And I love the one scene where we meet the owner of the store. Is this little old man who? We never know if he knows what's going on. We don't, actually. It doesn't matter. The he, movie just doesn't... He just stands silently there. There is and so scene. much of this movie that is just like, it, it doesn't matter. No. Yeah. Who could care? Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's so interesting how bored everyone in the movie so who's is. who's running with. this crime syndicate? It's the guy who we see doing lines of coke in the movie. He is never brought down by the... the okay. Okay, because remember, remember, there's the scene where the son... Sneaks up and watches yes. Ron O'Neill. The guy Ron O'Neill's with is the boss. Gotcha. The reason he is why not I'm really confused. a character. The reason why I'm confused is because uh, half the cast has his exact same haircut. Um, oh, I had a also, hard time. There's a there's a number of characters looking mm-hmm. exactly the same. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, he doesn't come up again, so he's never brought down. Nope. And that's the greatest. He doesn't thing. even have a name, as the, far as I know. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe he does, but if it is, it's said briefly. Yeah. There is it. They don't actually bring down the drug empire because it's not about the drug empire. It's about the the. They get the karate killer. Yeah, yeah, they get him and they arrest Ron O'Neill. Yes. Although that scene is amazing when they get Ron O'Neill, who's. <laughs> it's unclear if they're even coming after him, but he blows it by taking an old woman hostage with the karate match. I don't understand why you wouldn't just 
be like, I just happen to be here. What he didn't count on was Chuck Norris behind him from the mat, just giving a little kick to get that <laughs> gun out of his hand. Just a little kick, you know? It's it's so what Chuck Norris is really focused on other things, but he is like, I should disarm this guy. He really just kind of tosses it out there, you know? He just tosses it's, out a kick to, to yeah, de, it's to the de- most, gun him. It's the most casual kicking of a gun out of a hand I've yeah, ever seen in my yeah. life. It and was, it's done from very far away, which is very funny. Yeah, because he's far away and he's up on the mat yeah, in the ring at the, yeah. you know, it's... It, yeah, it's it's insane. It's very silly. I do want to talk about because we're all over the place. Another mm-hmm. ridiculous scene in this movie is where they're trying to convince Chuck to help them. Yes, but they're trying to get. So once again, it's our guys are being killed by a karate killer. Mm-hmm. So let's go get a karate expert. There's yes. apparently only one. I I, I mean, we see a dojo of several black belts. There, it's Chuck Norris or no one though. Apparently, to this movie. so why him? Why does it need to? But be they him? go. Hold on, let's. Let's because he, he goes. I don't really want to do this. I've got. I. I mean, he he's so reasonable too. He's like, I'm so busy with things. I don't have time to train right. police and karate. I, I have several. Um, I have several matches that need to be filmed yeah. in this movie. So like, <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah, for this investigation. And then they're like, okay, but hold on, man. Let's convince you, and we're gonna show you the terror of drugs. And so they show him all the drugs that they're packing into boxes of evidence. Yeah. And I do like that he goes, do you think I don't know that drugs are bad? And that I've, he goes, I mean, we do get Chuck talking about how I've lived on the streets my whole life. Yeah, yeah. All over the globe. And this is where we learn learn about his son. And by son, well, no, he's not really my son, but he was a student of mine and then his mother OD'd. So I just adopted him and gave him my last. Name. Yes. What and, are you and of talking course, about? This was four years ago when he was twenty-five. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a healthy thirty-year-old boy. <laughs> um, this is always like this is like my same problem with uh, when they put Chris O'Donnell in the Batman movies yes. as Robin. Yes. You're like, you know, the story of Robin doesn't really work if he's twenty-five when Bruce adopts him. I think he could get his own apartment. At yeah. that point. I mean, this is the thing in, Bat- I mean, in I w- Batman and Robin, amongst a litany of problems with that movie. <laughs> but the fact that he's like, that's it, man. I'm tired of being your shadow. It would be like, then just leave, yes. you full-grown adult. You're allowed to. You're 30. Yeah. <laughs> you and Batman are the same age. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just salt and peppered up George Clooney's yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, I think they are about, I think I looked it up, they're like seven or eight years yeah. apart. Something like that yeah. where it's like, it's and it, damn close. And it's not like an example of like in The Last Crusade where even though Harrison Ford and Sean Connery yeah, are similar. visually they, they look. They look. They look. Nobody questioned it. Yeah. I think yeah, there was exactly. like 10 or 11 years between them. Something like that, yeah. But, I mean, that's, I think it's, it's, it's maybe less than the difference between these two but visually yes yeah it's uh, more severe but yeah oh my god so he he tells that story and then what this teen junkie prostitute scene why (laughs) why she none of these characters come up again no she takes him to see this 15 year old girl who's shooting junk and turning tricks and she's got look at these track marks but they're not track marks they're just open bleeding yeah they're just like uh yeah looks like she's just been cut a couple of like she climbed over a barbed wire fence but then we get let's be honest the best character in the movie which is her (laughs) pimp right (laughs) what was his name tony uh is it tony he comes in he's like what the hell is going on in here That's about. The is it case. Tony or is it Rudy? Oh, it's Rudy. It, oh, it is Rudy. Oh, then then even better because I can tell you this. Uh, oh, is this the guy? Uh, I thought his name was Rudy. Yeah, uh, maybe it is. 
Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, the guy who plays Rudy is named Choo Choo Malave. Oh, nice. <laughs> what a great name. Choo Choo. Choo Choo. Choo Malave. Uh, and I mean, he comes in and it, it's so fucking funny when it, he comes in. It's, it's so reminiscent of that scene in Black Dynamite where mm-hmm. he's like, the, the militant turns startled. Sarcastically, yes. I'm in charge. Because he does come in and he's like, Excuse me, girl, what in the hell is going on here? <laughs> and then he very uh, cautiously pulls out a switchblade and is like, You better get out of here, man. And I'm going to Chuck- mess you up. <laughs> Chuck just lays him out. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And he's down. It is assault. I mean, I'm just, you know, he that is a crime. He's not a police officer, so. I, I guess the explanation, he pulled the knife, so he started it. But still, I mean, he doesn't kill him or anything, but no. it is still... And no, he doesn't. Like, he doesn't get the taste for murder until later on. In the film. <laughs> no, he, so but then we get the hilarious scene where he's practicing. He's he's hitting the yes, the, the thinking about how crime he's, he's is so punching. Bad. He's doing he's punching, and then he just keeps remembering the girl. My favorite is when it just cuts to the close up of the bag of drugs, and his face is just like I hate drugs it's, so much. It's it should be personal to him like that. Like yeah. he should know. I mean, I guess his. What if somebody? Did, what if his son did get hooked on smack? That, that would, would be, be something. Instead, they fake that his son got hooked on smack because yes. then they murder him. Yes. Yeah. I uh, know my adult son was not on drugs. But it's just like you need to give him a reason to want to investigate. Like this is this is something that I've seen in like bad like D and D campaigns yeah. where it's like. My character would never do this thing. It's like, okay, well then, why is he in the movie if he's not willing to participate in the plot? It, it, Chuck is just kind of circling like, the outside yeah, of the plot of this like, movie. Why wouldn't they it's, give him a motivation deeper than, oh, I saw? Like, they don't need a whole scene they, to just motivate. They almost him. do down the stretch, and then just back out of that though. Yeah, <laughs> that never it's comes up. Baffling. It's, it's this movie is yeah it's bafflingly bad yeah yeah is what is what's so interesting about this movie there's so many things we were like wait why yeah yeah <laughs> I, yeah i don't uh i don't understand this movie oh boy. at all yeah, yeah um can we talk about the receptionist character who's in love with chuck norris but e- also has nothing to do until she does something insane at the end she- of the movie <laughs> she, she is uh, clearly very bored. Um, yeah, and who so, is this woman? Let me. I want to say her like the, her constantly eating food. Like yeah, uh, that's her whole bit. She's got something. That, yeah, you know. she has. She has a prop to. You know what? Like I'd be doing the same thing if I was in this movie. It's like yeah. I don't know. Can I get like a like a granola bar or something? And I'm always just eating just because I. This have something. is Lisa James. Is this actress's name? She didn't yeah. do too much. Oh, she's married to Greg Henry, who's a really good character actor, though. Hmm. Uh, who uh, people may know he was the mayor in Slither. Oh, he's in a lot of James Gunn movies. He's in just a lot of stuff oh, in general. Okay, okay, he's a he's a really good actor. Yeah. Um, I think she's retired from acting, but she uh, is married to him, so that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I thought she was fine in this movie. Once again, you know? absolute nothing part. I yeah. really, other than the pimp guy, I really don't think anyone's actively bad here. No. They just, they aren't much. Yeah. They, there's nothing. Because w- what is there to act? The script is so... There's nothing. W- ah, there's man. no room to have any sort of like character like moments or character no. beats. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to see. I'm just looking through my notes, what going. Are we what even talk? Yeah, about? what is even worth talking about in this know. movie? Uh, I do love how late in the movie they're realizing. Both Chuck Norris going. It's like an hour into yeah. this 90 minute movie. He goes. Do you think the killer could be a karate expert of some sort? <laughs> and again, he's not saying this to the police officer. He's saying this to his son. His son, and yeah. then he goes and investigates it by himself. Yep. And the police oh, are, did, and the police at this point are still on about the skateboarders. <laughs> the police They're are like, going, this is all we got. Oh, I, I do love the idea of bringing any young man on a skateboard in Southern California. <laughs> oh, that's going to be good. We yeah. do get the scene where they really hassle this one guy. Yes, who's who's completely innocent. Come on, shake him down. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. He uh, Doesn't he point them to the, the sporting goods store, but then Ron O'Neill says it's all cool, so... He... At least Perhaps. that's the order of the scenes. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, I'm assuming that that's... I think that's what we're supposed to think is he led them to the sporting goods store. Okay. But then Ron Neal's like, it's cool. And they're just like, great. And then we don't have to look into it. Yeah, and that... You see any wet, red wax back there, buddy? Some skiing wax, I think she refers to it as. But why would it be red? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like I, I have was no idea. For, I was waiting for that to pay off somehow. It doesn't because no. they do make a point of like a close up on that guy going. But why is the ra- is the wax red? That's yeah. tough to say. Wax red. Wa- wax red. Red wax. wax. Yeah. Red uh, leather. Yellow leather. And then I don't understand what it is that Jennifer Neal realizes Ron O'Neill is crooked. She remembers. By the way, they're both named O'Neill, which is interesting. That, that is interesting. Uh, well, yeah. She remembers signing something on his back or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then she's like, oh my God, he's crooked. And I did not catch where I those didn't, clues I fit didn't together. I didn't either. I wasn't sure <laughs> what it was other than a h- complete hunch. Wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe it's this guy. Yeah. And it is. It just hap- I guess if you just randomly start accusing people. Well, that's kind of <laughs> what they were doing before. They were just grabbing people off the street who had skateboards. Yeah. So, oh like, my God! Chuck Norris's quote is saying he was quote ten times better in this film than in his previous film. Oof. Oh God! <laughs> well, uh, still want to watch that movie, John? <laughs> I don't know about that. Gene Siskel, one of my favorites of the Chicago Tribune, called it a poor excuse for a lot of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now they're now they're that, reeling me back in. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The Washington Post said, it's pretty good. Not only does it move along at a faster clip. mm -mm. Wait, this movie? Yeah. No. But it's done without a lot of gore. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That's true. That is Another plus is that the romantic leads actually seem to like one another. No, they don't. Well, maybe they seem to like one another, but I'm not sure I read that as sexual tension. No, I read that as co-workers. Wait a minute. I do have a budget list, man. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, I'm going to say... Wikipedia gave me a... Nice. Uh, Let's say $3 million. Pretty close. 2.5. Okay, okay. 2.5. It pulled in 23. 23 million? Yeah. Oh, so that's a big hit. hit. Big hit. Nice. Big hit. Good I mean, because obviously he's building up hits to get to. Yeah. By the time he's we've... building up his combo. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, here you go. Uh, the film is written by Ernest Tideman, who in an interview considered it his least successful effort and says, I only wrote it to buy my mother a house. Okay. There you go. There you go. And he didn't even write the Chuck Norris version. So, said, so. okay. So the original script he wrote to buy a house. So yeah. even that he, he didn't give a fuck about. Right. Which yeah. is why it's that like somebody feels came so to me, sleepy. Somebody came to me said do you want to write this i said okay he probably churned it out got mm-hmm. his money yeah and then this guy added all this martial arts shit so then yeah i guess nobody was like this is an example of somebody wanting to like like having a passion project ruined by like the studio bringing in a, yeah you know, it's not they, that and i think even for like chuck norris it's not a passion project as much as it's like here's an opportunity to kind of show off and yeah get to the next thing yeah and him talking about i'm even better at acting in this one oof is he though? Because I was just talking to somebody about this. I feel like Chuck Norris is as good in this movie as he is in as literally anything I've as ever he's seen. Ever him. been or ever will be. <laughs> like yes. pretty, yes. every episode of Walker, Walker Texas Ranger. It's about this. God, you'd isn't? think like if you're in a long running TV show, you'd pick something up, right? I don't like think it he would... did, man. I don't think he did. I yeah. think he was just. You know, he was just, this is it. I think this is as good as he gets. Yeah. And honestly, he's kind of, he's fine he's in fine. this. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. We, we talk about uh, how even though he's his performances are pretty flat, he is still likable. You know he I mean? is. I think, I mean, it's interesting that they say the leads like each other. I don't know about that, but I, I like Chuck. Yeah. I think yeah. Chuck is, Chuck is very watchable. I think they, I think they like each other in the way that. <laughs> it's platonic. Though, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like coworkers, you know, don't mind working well, with Well, and the each movie other. never really fully goes out of romance with them, exactly. I'm, well, did you see that steamy credit sequence? <laughs> you mean when they hugged? <laughs> yeah, for like a really... And we're just rubbing each other. I will say, other. the few movies that do actually get into Chuck having sex, I kind of don't... I like him to kind of remain asexual yes. in these movies. Yes, because it's, it's weird. weird. Yeah, because yeah, he, he doesn't play a lot of passion. No. So the idea of like hot stuff doesn't really work well I, I mean we saw Braxis okay so we, <laughs> we know your Braxis they should have put me in this movie should, yeah I don't know why I wasn't asked to be in this I, one well, I think I've always considered myself a force of one <laughs> <laughs> get get me in the movie huh uh. <laughs> yeah but you'll have to you'll have to find me I'm I'm out in the wilderness at this point <laughs> Uh, apparent. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Uh, after he felt his acting was bad and good guys wear black, he went to Steve McQueen for acting advice. Chuck Norris. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I under I understand the thought process there. You know. Yeah. Like Steve McQueen represents what Chuck Norris wants to be. Yes. You know. Right. Um. But so. it's sort of a thing where I think what Steve McQueen had, and we've talked about this on the show before kind of can't be taught it was sort of just like right yeah there was just something instantly compelling about steve mcqueen yeah and also he was good he was an actor who took oh, yeah. acting seriously yes, yes but there was just an inherent like that guy's just a movie star right he just exactly. stepped on screen you're like i want to watch that guy and stuff. yeah yeah so yeah. it just i mean it does even as it he just went to him for advice his advice was like his advice was basically like well if the movies are making money then people probably like you seem yeah. to be the advice because that's very practical advice yeah he know? goes i don't know man i maybe i think his advice seemed to be like don't think about it too much if it's working you yeah. know like yeah uh, yeah I and think, i think i think that is smart 
It's well in these type of movies, yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody's expecting much out of Chuck Norris, really. No. I and mean, we've talked about there are, as as dull as he is, we've seen people so much worse than him. Oh my god, yeah. He's yeah. He's got something to offer. Oh, Ron O'Neill does another movie with Chuck Norris in the nineties. Uh, or in the late 80s, which is a movie I've been uh, is on our list at some point, is The Hero and the Terror. Okay, all right. The Cannon Group presents Chuck yeah. Norris. Chuck Norris is the hero, and somebody else is the terror, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, Somebody, uh, yeah, some unnamed yeah. person. I think this is just... I, this is, <laughs> I hope people enjoy this episode, because this is kind of a boring episode of the show too because it is just like wow. I don't know what to say about this movie isn't even like particularly fun no there's a couple silly moments in it yeah we didn't talk about the appearance of nunchucks there's a scene where there is a brief nun and that's when we thought the movie was it was like okay we have the nunchuck scene yeah this movie is about to take off. What well, did Thank seem like God. from here on, it's going to be crazy fighting, right? No. It never does it never take does. that leap into never. now it's just insane fighting. Yeah, no. At, at no point yeah. does it do that, which is very disappointing. There's a couple fights, but the fights are just so... I, I feel like even Chuck bringing his team, they weren't really allowed to go for it. I think here. it's maybe how it was filmed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's filmed yeah. very flatly. Like I said, yeah. it's not filmed poorly. But there's nothing exciting in the, the only camera. The only like film trick they're using is a lot of slow motion. Like <laughs> and a like, lot. But like randomly inserted for no artistic value. Right. <laughs> and then the entire last fight scene is in slow motion oh. with, with Street Fighter sound effects. And also Star Wars, these, the, the... That's true, and the soundtrack. Yeah, there's it's like just the, doing these, and the laser even, blast. It's just doing them. It's part of the score at the end. Yes. Of yeah. Yeah, it was very weird. The music was, the music choice was weird. In, in it's, yeah. Does anything work in this movie? Let's mm, is there anything good in this movie? Let me think. I don't think so. I don't think I, don't, I could I say that I thought anything... There's... Was really good. Yeah. There are parts of it that that are are not as bad it's, as other parts. It's not. It's just kind of middling. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's, it's very forgettable. It yeah. does. It actually where it fits in his career makes a lot of sense. Where it's yeah. like these are kind of the forgettable ones that he starts out with before he gets to the Norris classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we'll call yeah. Norris classics. Classics. Yeah, I mean, once again, I think once can they fix. The big thing Canon did know how to do as well, Beyond Making Entertainment, they knew how to package these action stars. Because mm-hmm. they are the guys who make... I mean, Chuck Norris is doing something. You talk about this is a hit, but they really make the icon of Norris. Right. They make JCVD. Mm-hmm. You know, they, yeah. they, they format, even if he didn't like it, later Bronson, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they knew how to present these icons mm-hmm, yes. uh they were built and they would work with these people again and it was a big thing where they chased stallone of course right yeah, of course they really the problem <laughs> they really I, wanted st- i think the, stallone but, was just too successful too i quick. think the the problem was it's the same problem that does canon in later when they chase down the rice of superman and stuff mm-hmm. it's like yeah these things don't need canon and in fact canon's kind of a come down you know yes yeah stallone did eventually do two movies with them we did one already which mm-hmm. was cobra yeah yeah. Uh, and we're gonna do over the top at some point too, um, you know. These and and uh, I, I love Cobra, but it's it's uh, these are objectively not his best films yeah. by any stretch he, of the imagination. Yeah, like he he definitely feels like he's slumming it in those movies. Yeah, and he and he they paid him a fortune to yeah. do those. Yeah, but it's kind of like yeah, but you don't need him. No, the canon thing was you would take 
Michael Dudikoff or whatever and yeah. build a franchise around him. Or fall, uh, like four or five of them. You know? Yeah, yeah. We haven't done any of the American Ninja movies. That was the big Dudikoff well, we'll, franchise. We'll, we'll get oh, there Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. We have a whole Ninja Month plan, so yeah, we'll definitely do those. Gonna go and there. we're going to do a... Uh, 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 we're gonna do a lot with canon coming mm-hmm. up, so yes. stay tuned for all of that. But in the meantime, I don't know that I have much more. To... Let's talk about the ending of this movie, I guess. Sure, yes, because we do get, as we talked about, the fight that starts in a ring. Because Chuck was just always he was all... gonna fight the yeah. bad guy of the movie because his main opponent. It's pure coincidence that he happens happened to be to fighting be... the man who killed his son. Yeah. But this turns into, uh, I do love they're fighting, fighting, fighting in the ring. Mm -hmm. And then the bad guy turns and just sees two cops walk into the gym. He's like, fuck this! And bolts! So is this part of the plan? Like, for the villains? Is killing Norris in the ring? There's as much evidence for and against that theory. Because why, I mean, other than maybe he's an asshole and he's like, no, I want to I don't. I don't know why he, because like he starts punching the ref and stuff. <laughs> I like, did think. Come on, people would have shut this fight down as soon as you right, ex- punch out a ref. Yeah, because exactly. he's got Chuck on the ground. He keeps hitting him. Is what the ref is trying to get. Uh, right, but I just don't know. Like, if anything, you're just drawing attention to yourself because there's no evidence no, leading towards him because no police officers have done any work. No, instead so, he just both Ron O'Neill and him just give themselves up by yes. acting like maniacs at the sight of cops. <laughs> yes. Nobody yes. even tries to like this. Were t- it not for those decisions, uh, n- literally nothing would have happened. Ron O'Neill just sees a cop and grabs an old lady next to him and goes, I'll fucking kill this grandma, man. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, man, we were going to go say hi to you. We were going to greet you like, oh, obviously, thank God you're here. Obviously, you all know I am the crooked cop in the department. I'm sure you found the carefully laid clues that I've left around town. Oh, no, you haven't? There is not a... there. Well, no, I was going to say there aren't any clues in this movie. There are clues in this movie. They just don't lead to anything. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. a movie with clues and no solution. Yes. Or just a solution that has come to randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this movie's bad. It's but bad. so anyway, then the, so the the guy goes outside, steals a car, yes, and then in the most insane thing, mm-hmm. Chuck just gets in a police car. He does, yeah. He just gets jumps behind the wheel, uh, which is totally fine for some reason, yeah. Even though he's a civilian, and then uh, his, I don't remember her name. Well, Jennifer O'Neill is the actress. Jennifer, Jennifer O'Neill also jumps into the passenger seat. And it's just like, drive, Chuck. And she's like, this is fine. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is the same woman who earlier, we didn't mention this, left a civilian holding a gun on a suspect oh, she arrested. Oh, my God. I forgot about that, John. Because there's a whole scene where Jennifer O'Neill is sneaking around a bad guy's house. Yes. I think finds cocaine? I think that's ugh, what it's supposed to be. There's, it's in like a tube. It's weird. Yeah. It's in like, it would look like a... Like a tube that you would have, like uh, Alka Seltzer in, or something some like that. Wax in it. <laughs> wax, yeah. Son of a bitch. Oh right, yes. And this is where the uh, the receptionist uh, leaps to the rescue because the uh, guy pulls a gun on her, on, and then the receptionist the, yeah. comes in out of nowhere, yes. and kicks the gun out. And of this his hand. police officer's like, "I'm gonna go to this fight." Yeah. That we don't have any idea is connected to any of this. Can you just hold a gun on this guy? And we never check in with them again. <laughs> We're assuming, like, that... I, I want the credits to roll and it to cut back to them. And she's just like, I wonder when they're going to get back. <laughs> the, guy, the guy's like... Because, wait, which guy is that? That's the guy... 
That's is the, that the guy who's doing coke with the police officer? No, because he's that. This guy has a mustache. Oh, this is yet another, n- another nameless enforcer. Another nameless enforcer with the we same haircut. We never get. We never get the mob boss. They okay, do that's not. right. That's and in right. fact, this guy this he is, is wearing a sporting goods shirt. So he's yes, wearing, I did get. That's right. I yeah. think. I think we saw him. In the sporting goods store, he yes, works there. Yes, I don't know though; it doesn't matter. Yeah. But also, there apparently in this movie, police radios don't exist because she can't radio for a car to come pick him up. Like nothing. She, she, she doesn't do anything. No, they just leave him there. She's like, I better get to that fight. Yeah. But so it leads to this boy. Even calling it a car chase, it is a slow pursuit. I mean. <sighs> car chases in these movies are always a problem like yeah. they're never going to be exciting no they don't have enough money to properly insure no the i'm film. trying to think if we ever seen a good car chase There's in a movie gotta be at least one right well cobra cobra that, yeah but cobra was kind of a cheat that was yeah. a bigger that was a canon warner brothers co-production but i think but that was that was a pretty closest. that's a pretty sweet car chase yeah there's at least it there the cars are at least going the proper speed to yeah. make it exciting and you've got like still blowing up the hoods of cars blowing up the hoods of cars they're going over a series of jumps stone cold had some good chases that's true that's true those were motorbikes but still i mean same idea vehicle chase yeah it's still it's still a motorized vehicle chase you know so So i did yeah stone cold stone cold and cobra are both better than a lot of the stuff we've watched but but for most of the movies we watch a car chase spells trouble it's just a little too much to ask of these movies exactly, it really is yeah. their cars are either going too slow or they don't have enough road mm-hmm, or yeah here the big move chuck does is turn the car so he blocks the guy in that is all, yeah that is his oh he got him here and it's also it can set up this shirtless fight in the desert well because his because chuck okay Chuck's car gets stuck in the mud. Yeah. So this guy drives off. Yeah. And so like, okay, great. Even in the climax, they can't like get going. Like there's yeah. no sense of forward momentum. But then the guy goes to his house, takes a box filled with cocaine, like a cardboard box, gets back in the car, drives back to where Chuck <laughs> Norris's car is. Yeah. 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 And crashes into it. And then they fight. Yeah. So, I have so many questions. Is this the only road leading to this house? Is that what we're led to believe? Is that why he goes back? Yeah, that's right. He goes there to grab a box of cocaine. So... Why? He's, it's like it's like an office like an office supply box. Yes. Like a yes. banker's box. But like full nobody of cocaine. There were no police officers doing any work. So are we led to believe why did he go and grab the cocaine? Because <laughs> uh, he's gonna book it out of there. He talks about yeah, I'm leaving here with this with a million dollars in cocaine. Oh right, he's right. gonna okay, sell he's gonna it sell and that's, it. that's right. start a new life. That's right. That's okay. so that that makes some sense, I guess. It's just insane they do at least that it's a it's a it, cardboard yeah. box filled with it, cocaine with no lid, no lid, <laughs> it's just just loose cocaine in a box. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> I'm losing it, man. Uh, so then okay. this thing's scooting around the back of his car and stuff. Too. So like okay, so. <laughs> Fuck, man, I'm getting his high, and plan, I don't know why. His plan is to to take this box, disappear, and sell it. Yeah. So then halfway through this fight, he takes the box and tries to hit Chuck Norris's head well, with a Well, Chuck block. Norris beats him in this fight. By the yes. way, apparently this was miserable to shoot, according to the trivia, because it was freezing cold. Well, and it was are, miserable to watch, too. <laughs> they are shirtless and barefoot in this yeah. fight. Yes. They talk about after cut, they both like put them in giant jackets and got oh, them by a fire. Oh, God. Yeah. 
So keep in mind, these guys are freezing to death as they're filming this. So what too. you're saying, the filming of this movie was very reminiscent of The Revenant. <laughs> very very, si- much very similar movie. How did Chuck not get an Oscar for I this? I know! I mean, DiCaprio yeah, exactly, did. Exactly, uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, DiCaprio's been stealing from Chuck Norris for years, and nobody's it's, brave I enough can't, to say yeah, it. Yeah, finally somebody needs to say something yeah, about yeah. this. DiCaprio, Fucking come on, man. Jesus, just Talentless a thief. Talentless hack. Just a thief. Uh, He's a fraud, a con man, yep. a shyster. Yep. Can't act. Can't act. Yeah, At all. It. Yeah, yeah, no, terrible. He's just doing a Chuck Norris impression. <laughs> he has been the whole time. Yeah. And if you watch, it's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> we'll let the Titanic. movies... Titanic? Come on. We'll, we'll let the movies That's speak Chuck. for themselves. That's Chuck. Yeah, uh, Chuck all the way. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, so Chuck beats the shit out of this guy. Yes. And, and and is ready to kill him. Is he's got the killing strike ready to go. Cuz he's already so in the ring, he 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 makes the connection. This is the man who attacked me with nunchucks. I don't know how he figures that out, but he somehow He does. looks in his eyes and he remembers the eyes in the mask. Sure. Is is what I'm led to believe. Mm-hmm. However, that still doesn't implicate this man in the death of his son. So, can I tell you a simple fix? Is it would have been stupid, but sure. something. Yeah, is some line that he's just like, "I'll kill you, just like I killed your son." It, yeah, that's all we're asking that's all. for a movie like this. Just, I mean, that just write that in, because that that kind of line in a martial arts movie, totally fine. Totally fine. Yeah. There's so much stuff like that. I'll never forget when I killed your master. Or something yeah, like, like Kill Bill. Yeah, I was, just, I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah, just yeah. Like I killed your master. For for this kind of heightened reality stuff, I don't care. That's don't on the care. nose, but go, I'm not looking for realism. Right, exactly. I'm looking for, like, you know, fun fight scenes. These are you know? martial arts movies are operatic in nature. They're, yes. They're larger than life. You yes. Know? So, yes. yeah, I'm not going, um, I'm not going like, why would he say that? Yeah, no. No, and but, if that was the thing, I mean, I'll tell you, the pitch, the thing, Chuck's losing the fight. Yes, he says that. That gets Chuck to win the fight, and then he, it, it I mean, gives the, him some I, sort of I, motivation to murder a man my, with his bare hands. My, these aren't genius pitches. These no. are stock movie things. These are I'm pitching. These are so well trod uh, that it's it's to the point of parody. But even that is better than what we saw in this movie. Which is nothing. Which is nothing. He's ready to kill him, and then Jennifer O'Neill's like, no, don't. He's like, okay. Okay. But then, stupid, stupid guy goes, you know what? I'm going to hit him with this box of cocaine. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna take my plan to escape and sell th- this million dollars worth of coke, and I'm just going to throw it away. It does lead to one no of the best reason. images in this movie, though, That's which true. is Chuck spinning and kicking this box of cocaine <laughs> so that it explodes in the air with white dust. And so we're led to believe that then Chuck murdered this man because he was high on coke? <laughs> I guess so. Because Chuck now is like, well, I gave you the chance, buddy. Yeah, and even uh, Jennifer, Jennifer O'Neill. O'Neil, I keep wanting to say Jennifer Coolidge, and I know it's not Jennifer Coolidge. This would be a really interesting movie <laughs> if it was. <laughs> it might be a better movie, honestly. Yeah, it would have been um, more entertaining. Than yeah, that. yeah. Uh, but so she says nothing at this point. So yeah. she stops him from killing him the first time. It's like, But now that he went I, yeah, and I, tried to hit Chuck on the head with a cardboard like, well, box. Well, it's self-defense now. Yeah. <laughs> It's self-defense to grab a guy by the neck, turn him around over your shoulder, and then just snap that neck. Oh, my God. I mean, this is like, he could have just subdued him, but he chooses to take his life. He chooses to kill him. And again, there's not even the, the motivation of, this is the man that killed my son. Unless... 
unless they're they want us to believe that he also figured that out, but they never implied that. Nope. Even visually. So I don't know. I the don't... last Chuck found out about his son is he was in a car and had been shot up with drugs. Why would that lead to why would you make the connection of the guy with the nunchucks must have done that? I don't know. I mean, this guy has cocaine, I guess, but cocaine is different than heroin. <laughs> you don't shoot up cocaine. No. Uh, at least not how it's and generally processed. And you uh, shouldn't snort heroin as Pulp Fiction. You should does. also not snort heroin. Um, you know, don't just don't do drugs, people. Or or don't do hard drugs. Yeah. You know, if if you can, if you can, <laughs> maybe avoid stuff like that. Most people can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At least to start with. I'm not talking about addicts, yeah. but yeah. Let's just specify the Punch-Up Network does not uh, suggest that you do cocaine or heroin in any form. No, any kind of powdered drug I think we say stay mm-hmm, away from. Mm-hmm. If it comes from the earth, how bad can it be? Right. Now, <laughs> fentanyl. Well, no, now, uh, wait a minute. Now, hold on. This network is run on fentanyl. <laughs> you, we are you sponsored know. by fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brought to you by the good folks at fentanyl. <laughs> They'll get you high and dead. Uh, You'll be chasing that high for the rest of your life. Do you want to ruin your life? Fentanyl. Uh, uh, um, so that, and, then, and then, yeah, they just weirdly hug as the credits they're roll. They're just kind of like, they're not kissing, but they're like caressing, I guess. And Chuck is still covered in cocaine at this point. Like it, They're both so fucking the, high. The, the, God the, damn it. So, maybe that's why they're being so weird. Yeah. Is they're just like, oh my god, you feel so good. The sensory uh, overload. overload. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm fucking high right now. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, you remember when I put that guy to sleep? It's like, nah, man, I think you killed him. What? <laughs> I did what? Oh no! Oh, I was tucking him in. Yeah, tucking him in for Betty Bye. It's that Pete Holmes Batman. Yeah. <laughs> All my enemies are tuckered out. I overfed these men. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He's all tuckered out. They they have to take a nap after they fight me because I'm good. Uh, <laughs> the penguin just like, you're worse than me. I thought you didn't use guns. This is a gun. <laughs> Go watch um, those. Yeah, those are really man. great. Videos. The Pete Holmes Batman sketches yeah, are so yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's not the really much movie. else to talk about. Yeah. No, there's not much movie here at like, all. Like you can't. Like normally we go through beat by beat, but there isn't a plot. It no, never no, really stops. There are beats. Starts, there's actually. beats, but no plot. Yeah, exactly. It's insane. Yeah, things things occur in no kind of narrative fashion. No. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to? We didn't really care for this. No, I don't have a kill or a one-liner. I think the less we remember this movie, yeah, I think you're right. The better. Yeah, there's really nothing here worth talking about. Mm. But do you want to hear somebody who enjoyed the movie? Sure. Well, you yeah. know, it's always my mission to find the strangest IMDb reviews, and I will say there weren't a not a lot. There weren't a lot of really strange ones here. However, mm. there are this just the. The casualness with which this guy writes this. Mm. this. Let's take a look. This comes to us from IMDb user Videorama 7598593913391. Okay. Easy to remember. And, is, the, and it's is titled... Is that his password? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's his PIN. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his bank code. Uh-huh. Uh, the review is titled, Chucky Kicks Back as a One-Man Lone Wolf Force. Okay. 
in all fairness, being a Chuck Norris vehicle, this isn't a bad film. It's mm. quite a well-made product, mm. devoid of Chuck's sub substandard acting, surpassed by the rest of the interestingly chosen cast. Neil, ex Neil is exceptionally good as a female cop, and Gulliger is a wary lieutenant who, unfortunately, we don't see enough of in this. I actually agree with that statement. Mm. It was a cool start off as we dolly with a skateboarding teen, a drug courier, in parentheses, <laughs> down the city streets of Day. The Dude. city streets of Day. Oh, my favorite city. You ever been to Day, John? Oh, I love it, man. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful sunrises there. <laughs> Two cops trailing him on their own accord as they want the collar. Instead, they walk straight into death as a faceless karate assassin kills them in pretty painful ways. Bring on Chucky. <laughs> Who, again, is not really acting, but can bring heart and reality into the role, like others, unintentionally, I presume. As you can guess, woman cop Neil falls for him. The batch of Gulliger's crew undergo karate train to take on these powerful forces, but when the faceless villain messes with Chucky's teen friend, who's like a son with great potential for the martial arts, it's now a fight to the death. Although it does lack action in long spaces of time, where it tends to st uh, sag here and there as not living up to Chucky's action quota, here we actually get a real Chucky movie. And this is one of his I've always liked. The Deadly Showdown awaits, too. Eight out of ten stars. Okay, he does know that Chucky is a different movie, right? Chucky is a different there's movie. A fran I've there's a heard... Chucky franchise. I have never heard anyone call Chuck Norris Chucky. Ever. <laughs> I just I just love the, the, the constant use of Chucky is why yeah. I, I had to. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, but I just love They're the, good friends, actually. This, yeah. This man. Oh, and, uh, you mean old Chucky boy? Old Chucky boy. Yeah. <laughs> My good pal. Doing them spin kicks and yeah, such. Yeah, uh, doing them twirls. Um, well, somebody else saw this movie, though, this one. You don't say. Somebody whose opinion I think we uh, we put a lot of faith in. Put a lot of stock into I only watch movies opinions. depending on what he has seen. Mm. Uh, yes, it's time to check in with our favorite Amazon.com reviewer and for another segment of The Winning Opinion. Uh, Bruce winning, folks. He did see A Force of One. Mm. Here is his review. It is titled, Chuck Norris is mostly kicking and punching. <laughs> I like 16-9 video. We I like the shooting. Oh, yeah. I like the punching and kicking. Mm. I like the pursuit scenes. I like the investigation story. This is a good old-fashioned crime drama. I like standard crime drama scenarios. Five out of five stars. This is... A very Bruce winning movie. It is a very Bruce winning movie. It has the mystery is kind of non-existent, so he doesn't really have to follow it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to think too hard about it. You know. No, it's mostly kicking it's, and punching. Exactly. Yeah, so there is. Is, <laughs> is there any shooting? I'm not. I don't think anybody actually. Does shoots anyone? A gun. Sh I don't think anyone shoots a gun in this movie. <laughs> That's crazy. People pull guns. Yes. There's I mean, a lot of guns in the world of this movie. It is positive. Guns are useless. They're, they're completely useless against martial arts. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck demonstrates that in some stupid fashion. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh well, Lisbon. We didn't care for this movie, but no. I think maybe we could come up with something better, don't you? I mean, yeah. Um, so what do we want to put the parameters on this? Obviously, it's another Chuck movie. Yes. Could it be a... Mm, I don't know if we necessarily need to make it a full-on uh, karate cop scenario, but... But something in the crime vein where yeah. he has to use his karate. Yeah. It could be karate cop KK mm. colon whatever this is. 
Ooh, karate. Oh, this is a good idea. Yeah. Let me uh, fire it up here. I'm going to generate it now. Here it comes. Uh, karate cop. Uh, hold on here. Justice in the South. Okay. This is perfect for Chuck Norris. He loves being guys from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I mean, it, karate cop. Justice I don't think he's from I, the south. I don't think he should be from the south. I think he has to inv- a case takes him to the south. Yes. Yeah. There, uh, the, this town has a karate cop, but now there's a place where there are karate killings, and they need the karate cop. Yeah. So he's, he's like a big. Is he believable as a big city police officer coming in to like? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what if it is all in Texas, and he comes from like Houston to a small town? Okay. That's yeah. Being taken apart by. Uh, I'm going to borrow Little Ninja Turtles here and say it's an evil dojo. Yes. Yes. Oh, it right? should definitely so, be an evil dojo. Well, because then he gets to fight a bunch of people. So they think it's a karate serial killer, but it's actually a whole school of karate killers. Yes. And this... Uh, uh, Run by Run. Martin Cove from Karate Kid, who was the evil dojo teacher in that. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> Sounds great. And so he's sort of running this like group. He's indoctrinating these students. Yeah. Um, and... You know, brainwashing them into, you know, turning them into the perfect killer. And he's taking out his personal vendettas yes. by having them do it. But he always has a perfect alibi. Exactly, yeah. It can't be him because he was spotted here or there. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Chuck Norris needs to infiltrate, mm. you know. That's why he needs to be an out of, like, uh, county cop. You right, know? So they he, don't know him. So he can be undercover. And, and and maybe one of the kids ends up kind of getting turned around to Chuck's side. Chuck yes. bonds with him yes. and teaches him that karate isn't for evil. Yes, and then Chuck adopts him. As at the, yeah, at the and end. And they're yeah. about five years apart. <laughs> <age>. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. I man. like this, yeah. yeah justice so, from the South. Yeah, uh, Karate Cop, Justice in the South. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe every movie we should come up with this, this month should be Karate Cop. Oh, so it's make... like an it's an ongoing yeah, franchise. Yeah, it's an ongoing franchise. I love and we just that keep idea. Coming up with new yes. entries of it. Yes, so that sounds great. That's our first one. There yeah. it is. Uh, well, of course, Norris November rolls on yeah. uh, next week. Oh, in the blissful, loving embrace of the Canon Film Group, mm. and I home this, sweet home. This is a different one for Chuck, though. This is a little bit different. This mm-hmm. is uh, 1986's Firewalker. Mm-hmm. Now, this is very much Chuck. In an Indiana Jones type scenario. Ooh, very interesting. Yeah, Chuck Norris, Lou Gossett Jr. <laughs> in Firewalker. As always, listen, would you like the tagline? Oh, yeah. Uh, here it is. A pair of down-and-out fortune hunters cash in on high adventure. Firewalker. I am excited to see chuck norris does uncharted that's uh, it's it seems like it's in that vein yeah he's got a revolver in his hand and a cigar in his mouth on the poster oh hell yeah dude. yeah absolutely from uh, it comes to us from director jay lee thompson who was one of the main directors for chuck norris uh, ch- uh, not chuck norris charles bronson vehicles mm, okay, so okay. yeah a lot of a lot of stuff uh God, i can't yeah it's it's gonna it's gonna feel so good getting back to canon you know oh yeah, yeah. oh we've seen one of uh, jay lee thompson's movies Remember Murphy's Law? <laughs> Murphy's Law. <laughs> Whose law is it? It's mm-hmm. Murphy's Law. This comes out that he made this the same year oh as Murphy's God. Law. Okay. He also is making Firewalker. I, I seem to remember enjoying that movie. Of course. It was nonsensical. It was canon 
and silliness, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm just looking at so many of this guy's movies. Do we need to cover? Oh yes, because he does a lot. The, the whole end of his career is nothing but canon films. <laughs> Most of we have talked about doing Messenger of Death with uh, Charles Bronson fighting the Mormons. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When wait, when did that movie come out? 1988. Man, that's uh, oof. You better believe it, Mormons. I don't. The one thing you didn't see coming: me and my shotgun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. can't wait for that. Oh yes. But anyway, it is Firewalker next week yeah. on the show as Norris Nor- and our good friend Alex Schaefer will be with us. Uh, he claimed this one. So yes. So. He makes interesting choices. He does. The, I I get the. F- I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I get the feeling this will be better than a Braxis. I think so. It's that's canon. my guess. It's canon. There's a quality, and it's canon. Really going. This is going to be a fun time at the cinema. You know. Yeah, because that was the last movie Alex was on. Right. So, um, I mean, and I think canon ripping off Indiana Jones should be more fun than a yes. So yes, we'll talk about that next week. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week. Get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The action shows. The action shows. The action shows.